This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, hand-roasted coffee from the foothills of California's gold country. Online at carolinescoffee.com. Before we get started with this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, I just wanted to remind you that we love to hear from you. And one of the easiest ways you can do that is to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can leave us the good, the bad, the ugly, the crazy, whatever you would like to tell us. We would love to hear from you. Uh, There's a link in our show notes. If you're listening on a a mobile device or a smartphone, just click on the screen. You'll get a link right over to iTunes where you can log in and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it if you would do that for us. Hey, listeners, just a quick warning. On this episode, we are talking about very adult topics. Uh, The themes are mature, and you should show discretion with whether or not you allow your children to listen along with you. episode 117, we were interviewing Sheila Gregoire. She's the author of The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex, and she's a blogger over at To Love, Honor, and Vacuum. Now, we brought Sheila on to ask her the question, how do you talk about sex in marriage? And we began to talk a little bit about the purity culture when Sheila had this to say. Because if you say stay pure until you're married, you imply that as soon as you get married, you lose your purity. Mm. You stay pure, period. Right. I'm married. Exactly. And I'm pure. And I'm not pure because of what I've done with my body. I'm pure because of what Jesus did with his. Yes. Amen. As soon as we heard it, Kendra and I looked at each other, and I think the lights went on in both of our heads. Hey, we might have another episode here. And that was only solidified as we went on with the conversation. And and by telling kids all the time, stay pure until you're married, we give them this idea that as soon as you are not a virgin, even if it's in marriage, mm. you are no longer pure. That the epitome of purity is a young virginal girl. Mm. And then you take that young virginal girl and you get her married. And how in the world is she supposed to talk about sex or be comfortable with it at all? So we've invited Sheila back on. On this episode, we are talking about the purity culture. It's a discussion that needs to be had among homeschoolers. So you might want to put your earphones on for this episode and decide whether or not you're going to let your kids listen along. But this is episode 125 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, The Purity Culture with Sheila Gregoire. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, Kendra. Yes? Tighten up your chastity belt. (laughs) I don't own one, thankfully. (laughs) Because we are going down the topic of purity. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to Homeschooling in Real Life, episode 125, The Purity Culture with Sheila Gregoire. 
Uh, we are bringing Sheila back on on this episode to talk about the purity culture. We talked about sex in marriage with her a few weeks ago. We did. Episode 117. But we brought her back on. But before we get there, what's going on? Well, I don't think you can hear it in our studio here, but, you know, after years of drought in California, now this is not going to solve it, but right now, we're, what did you say? You just went outside and there's like deluge. six inches yeah. of water on the ground. That's yeah. huge for us. And All probably, of our planters, yeah, are just loaded with water. Well, and probably that's because they're so dry that the water's kind of sitting on top till it can Yeah, and our gutters are like, don't know what to do yeah, with the water. So, yeah, so right now we're just in the middle yeah, of a thank, downpour, thank, thank God. Thank God, yeah, that's a nice downpour. And it's fun. I was out walking this morning in the rain, and oh, it's just great. That's um, because you're a guy with almost <clears throat> no hair. Yes. Women no. never say, that was so fun. <laughs> Kids were out playing in the rain, but, but here's the downside of the rain there's always a downside i'm i keep telling people it can rain from now until next june which this is being recorded in october Mm -hmm. so i'm fine if it wants to rain all year that's great i want the rivers filled so the fishermen are happy i want the lakes filled so that the water skiers are happy i Mm -hmm. want the dams breaking so that the water districts are not charging people for a drought i want our well filled so we don't have to put in a new well and the mountains filled with snow because uh, I just want to hear skiing. Californians stop complaining. But they will start complaining about something. They else will. They will. It's California's. too much water. Let me tell you what the <laughs> Fletcher kids are complaining about today. Yes. yes. It's raining, and Halloween is like in two days away. And what if it rains on Halloween? Who cares? Yeah. I'm the worst Halloween person. I can't stand it. Well, and and some of it is the you know I, I don't like the the arguments and we, you know you're going to talk about that. Yeah. I don't like the Christendom, you know, all this stuff, because I can sort of see both sides and all of that. And I just think, oh, it's a stupid holiday. Can we just not, you know? <laughs> but I, I don't like the scramble for costumes with so many kids. I hate dressing up anyway myself. And then just the whole, like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And yeah, $400 later, you want to do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> a great idea, you know, but, I'll stop And of it. course, we don't do that. I we know. Don't. But, but just yeah. then I'm not creative. So, you know, raise your hand, moms listening to this, if you're not the creative we like, have seamstress. Moms or... raising their hands and pitchforks at us because we said we're going to do Halloween. We let our kids trick or yeah. treat. So I, um, I just want to camp here for a second. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. We had a full episode. It's we the did. very beginning. It's episode number three. Yeah. Back when our microphones were yeah, horrible. It's but it's a great episode. And my mother said I laughed too much. So it's there's that. Gra- <laughs> <laughs> three years later, I remember this. Honey. <laughs> That's, you laugh too much on your not podcast. your mom's voice. I love that. Okay, though. what's my mom's voice? She'll never listen to this. Hey, Gandra. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not. That's the voice I use for everybody, though. Um, no, so it was a great episode, and we talk about why you know what's going on with the Halloween thing. And you're right. There's a lot of people that complain about it, but our kids, we do go around and, and get free candy, and we actually go to. <laughs> we do. Yeah, I yes. do. I go with them, but we we actually go to a friend's house and open it up. Now, here's a fun thing. This year, I'm inviting a. a neat new acquaintance mm-hmm. okay so as many of you know when I'm not behind a microphone here with Kendra um, and I'm not walking the dogs and I'm not doing everything else I do <laughs> I'm actually a dentist and uh, one of the people that has come into my life in the last two years has been a refugee from the Middle East uh, he and his family um, are refugees from Iran and he has come to America and he lives in our town and he was a trained dentist in Iran. He went to school, became a dentist, practiced dentistry. But when you're a refugee that comes to America, they don't recognize that at all. So my good friend has to go back to school. Actually, has to take two tests 
in order to go to school. And they're both like general dental tests. And they're in English, which he has <sighs> no concept for. Right. So he had to learn the English to take the test. Mm -hmm. And then he had to pass an English test <laughs> that shows he has basic English skills. Mm -hmm. and, and he needs to because... They're, sure. His English is pretty poor. Mm -hmm. But um, I've had the opportunity to, to invite him into my office and to kind of let him come alongside me and spend time with his family. Um, they're they're not believers, so mm -hmm. and I'm not doing a bait and switch. I'm just generally wanting to get to know this guy. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how often um, Christianity does come up, you know, or, or my faith, because he's seeing an American Christian and, and meeting this guy for maybe the first time. So mm -hmm. anyhow, so I've invited him and his family to come join us. Like, hey, there's this American holiday that you probably don't totally understand. <laughs> Neither um, do I. And maybe you'd like to come with us. But it's really just a chance to practice your English with a bunch of people. So put your pitchforks down. Um, <laughs> there are people that do things purposefully. Like, they mm -hmm. have purposeful relationships and take part in activities and events for reasons that are far beyond um, the argument of satanism and witchcraft mm -hmm. so and for you with the costumes i loved the year christian wanted to be a ghost and we did the charlie brown ghost costume it was we a did we bought a white sheet at walmart holes. it was it awesome so for our listeners who do participate in halloween let me just tell you um my office is going to be snow white and the seven dwarfs i'm going to be the obvious one i'm going to be doc just in case anybody was thinking prince charming um, or dopey or grumpy. And then the other thing is we have, uh, we have a bunch of kids just smattering of costumes. So. Well, and you, you, you glossed over something that I think is um, important for, for people to maybe consider, and that is that the home we're going to uh, is a family that opens up their garage, puts out a fire pit, puts out food and drinks, and is... We are talking to neighbors and we are, yeah. you know, helping them make those connections in their neighborhood because when else, what are they, is there another time of the year that we open our garages and, and people, people come, come to you, yeah. you know, with yeah. their children. So, um, and in their particular case, it's a gated community. So they, these are their neighbors. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And we're, we actually, you know, what I got was a stack of our, uh, our church put together. This is what's coming up at Redeemer for the next two months, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, sermon series, mm -hmm. um, events, some public events that we invite people to, a parenting class, things like that. And it's just a simple postcard like, hey, thanks for stopping by. We have this for you as well. So yeah. kids have some Kit Kats and Rolos and adults. Um, why don't you join us this fall yeah. uh, between now and Christmas? So yeah. yeah, enough of that. Enough of that. And that's <laughs> why our kids, to, to wrap up this conversation. Yeah, and we're not pro-evil. <laughs> we're not pro-Satan. We're not pro but, but that Halloween. is why our kids are We're upset seizing with the an rain. opportunity. Yeah, our kids yeah. are upset with the rain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of that. True. That was a long, that was a big loop to get Phew. back there. I know. I'm and tired. in there, we made fun of your mom and her voice. <laughs> are you kidding me? Shh, don't don't say it. Listen. Because I think my mom has friends who listen. Young, oh. young friends. Hey, oh, don't, don't hey, rat me out. People. We love my mom. We do. She's but we don't awesome, want her to listen. <laughs> but not when we're making fun of her voice. <laughs> your dad, on the other hand, boy, he's, got a, he's got a distinguished voice. He's got that light, deep voice. He'd be great on the microphone. All right, let's get on with our show. As long as you say squared away. That's my dad's favorite, oh, yeah. get favorite all phrase. Away. Yeah. All right, let's get on with the show.
All right, so we are here with a repeat guest. We are so excited to have Sheila Gregoire back on the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Welcome back, Sheila. Thanks. It's great to be here again. You know, you were here with us on episode 117. The title was Talking Sex and Marriage, where we uh, approached the subject of parents who just don't know how to talk about sex. And you helped us unlock uh, a bunch of conversations. We had some great feedback but towards the end of that conversation, and I don't even know if this made it on the that episode, you said to us, mm-hmm. hey, if you ever want to talk about the purity culture, I'd love to come back, which immediately put your name back on the whiteboard. Right. And, <laughs> and we were just, <laughs> we should have just kept talking, but we, we decided to come back and talk about this. So today we're talking about the purity culture. Um, we're going to look at it specifically within the homeschooling movement. You have a much bigger audience uh, that you speak to. So why don't we begin with, I know you have some opinions on this. I do. I'm very opinionated about this one. And here's one thing that I say. I I give a sex talk in a lot of churches. I go around North America and I ask people, okay, put your hand up if if anyone ever said to you, stay pure until you're married. And a whole bunch of people put their hands up. And then I say, and how many people have told their kids, stay pure until you're married? And a bunch more hands go go up. And then I say, don't ever do that. Don't ever say that to your kids. And everybody looks shocked. Oh. But let's just dissect that for a moment, okay? If you are telling your kids, stay pure until you're married, you are implying that as soon as you are married, you are no longer pure. And that's just not true. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, we're giving everybody the impression that having sex makes one impure. No. Do you know what makes one impure? Sinning makes people impure. That's all. (laughs) It's just sin. And it's Jesus' blood that makes us pure. Our virginity does not make us pure. Jesus' blood makes us pure. And so I think instead of saying to kids, stay pure until you're married, as if purity is going to end this blessed, I mean, sorry, marriage is going to end this blessed time in your life, why don't we just say to our kids, stay pure? You know, it's funny because I, yeah, Mm -hmm. I totally agree. But I, I kind of also feel like this just reeks of behaviorism. You know, do this behavior, do this behavior, or no, oh, yeah. don't, 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 don't. Okay, now you can. What? Like, what? Yeah. what? You know, <laughs> I can just see people coming into marriage with some confusion. And in fact, I think that's what we see. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is so common. I get so many emails from women. Let's say they're in their 20s and they've just gotten married and it's not working in the bedroom because they have spent their entire life saying to themselves, don't think about sex. Don't think about sex. Sex is bad. Don't even kiss him. You know, don't touch him. Um, I'm not allowed to hug him until we're engaged, anything like that. So just don't think about sex. And then you get married. And that's a really big jump to go from, you know, maybe holding hands to all of a sudden, I'm supposed to be this this sex kitten who just embraces sexuality. Mm-hmm. And that switch is not that easy to flip. <laughs> right. And, and you know, I think I, I was just, as you were talking about that, I was thinking, as much as you want to tell that to young men, I don't think young men are not thinking about sex, you know. And I know we're going to talk about <laughs> the differences with, you know, boys and girls or men and women or, you know, how we're raising our kids a little bit later. But um, at this point, I'm thinking you have these these young men who are being told, you know, don't have any impure thoughts, and they're bombarded with impure thoughts just driving down the road or you know, in the shopping cart aisle, you know, they see images. And so they get to marriage and they're raring and ready to go. 
And I think what we're seeing, at least what I'm hearing from a lot of young couples that, that we deal with is, and I, I'll just use big words here. You know, we have women who've been saying no so long, they, they just can't even get to a point of orgasm because they just don't even know how their body works mm-hmm. because they've invested no time yeah. because everything was a no, including what would be appropriate, like know how your body works type questions. You end up with um, just a period of sexual dysfunction in marriage and a brokenness that can then, what, go on to another generation. And we'll just keep repeating this until someone calls into homeschooling in real life and says, we can't talk about sex and our kids are getting pregnant. And yeah. <laughs> you know, all this brokenness <laughs> that, we, that we keep talking about here, I mean, enough people, let's, let's change this path. So Sheila, change yeah. it for us. No, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, exactly. I just think there's so much wrong with the way that we teach purity. And it, it's it's hard to even know where to start. But but what you're saying is so true. And I see it with so many women, especially is that we've been taught that sex is bad. And the, the interesting thing is that if you were to ask parents, parents would say, I never meant to give that impression. I only want I, I want my kids to know that sex is good in marriage, and and that may be people's in, intention, but that's not what's actually happening. Because the more we talk about how you know girls need to stay modest, or else guys will lust after them, and so you need to make sure that you know your shirts never go more than two inches below your collarbone, and that your skirts are always a few inches below your knees, um, and you just need to you need to watch out. When my daughter turned 12, she was already quite well endowed. And one of her Sunday school teachers held her back after Sunday school one Sunday because she felt like she really needed to give Katie this message that, you know, men are going to be looking at you funny now and they're going to be wanting your body. And so you need to watch how you dress. Well, a little 12 year old girl who's Mm. just hitting puberty, that's a horrible thing to say to her. It's like saying all men are perverts and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, And so girls start, and so you just feel so icky. And so like, I am a source of shame now and I need to cover myself up or else I'm going to, I'm going to make them sin. And these guys, they're all gross. And so you grow up thinking that I'm shameful, guys are perverts, and then we're supposed to get married and we're supposed to find intimacy in sex. And that's what we're missing is we're taking away the mystery and the beauty of sex. And we're, we're, we're turning it into something that's only lust. And it's really scary to me. Yeah. Or only physical too. It's just about physical. Exactly. It's just about the body. And we're not, we're not teaching our kids that it's so much more. And I mean, obviously we all need to love each other and loving each other and respecting each other is going to involve making appropriate clothing choices. You know, and I've, I've, I've certainly taught my girls to do that, Yeah. (laughs) but there's a difference between telling a, a, a child, you know, let's dress in such a way that you're giving off the message that I respect myself and I respect you. And, and I want to look out for all of us and saying to your child, you need to cover up because you can be an object of love to other people and we need to make sure that we're not causing them to lust. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Now, I also want to jump in that, I mean, because that's exactly what I think I don't want people to take away that, you know, Fletch, Kendra, Sheila, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's not it at all. There's a lesson to be taught here. But I do want to camp on a little, a few of the voices that those specifically in the homeschooling community are hearing. And, And one of those I shared with you guys before we went on the air was from Debbie Pearl's book, Created to Be His Helpmeet. 
Uh, yeah, I know. The worst book ever written, let me yeah. just say. The Cause Still of grown. Much Marital oh. Abuse. Okay, yes. I feel like I'm going to have to navigate just to get these quotes in between you and Kendra because of <laughs> she's over here <laughs> frowning. So um, she describes this the woman's life as a sexual object almost with the sole purpose of women to meet her husband's needs. That's not a quote. I'm just – I kind of summarized. Uh, but one of the things she says is that your indifference – is unwillingness. So for so long, you've had this young woman who's been told, no, 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 no. She gets married, and it's supposed to be all systems go. And sometimes it just doesn't work. I mean, we've talked about the physical, but the emotional is clearly damaged. And then Debbie Pearl says this, uh, for a wife to defraud her husband of this vital need that, you know, he's this sexual dynamo that God has instilled in him should cause her to tremble in the fear of the consequences. I mean, what have we yeah. just done there? We've just thrown, hey, I know you feel guilty and you're not all that your husband can be, but here's a load of guilt. Just just take this yeah. bag of bricks to bed with you as well. Yeah. You know, it's just such an unbiblical way of looking at it because what is so amazing about the Corinthians 7 passage you know, do not deprive each other except for a time, is that there is no other passage in Scripture which is as mutual as that one. You know, the first thing that he says is that the husband's body belongs to the wife and the wife's body belongs to the husband. It's not just that the wife's body belongs to the husband. It's that the husband's mm-hmm. belongs to the wife. And you both have sexual needs. And the way that, that our church is portraying sex, it's like the guy needs it every 72 hours or he's going to explode. And so the wife was created as the way for him to meet those needs. And this is just so wrong on so many levels, because first of all, it's making sex into something which is only physical when it isn't. It's also very emotional, and it's it's, it's a big spiritual connection that God wants us to have. Um, but the other thing is it's denying the fact that women need sex in a different way. And it's saying that all men are going to need sex in a certain way, and it's denying women's sexual drive. And it's saying that women's only... Um, only reason for being in the sexual realm is to meet his needs. And that is just so not the message of scripture. And I think when we raise our girls, especially to hear that you are created to meet his needs, then we're telling girls you don't have needs, first of all. And so it makes it much harder for them to understand their own sexuality. And we're making them into objects. And that is so unsexy. I mean, nothing can wreck a sex drive more than feeling like, my husband just wants me for what I can do for him and not for who I am. Right. Yeah. And she, and, you said something, just rewind a little bit, where you said sex is so much more than just the physical. There's a spiritual connection. There's an emotional component. And I think if we back up and we have these conversations with our kids, you know, on the front end where we're talking about the, the um, beauty of sex and how it was created, and if we can dive into that conversation and explain to them that this is why we don't just throw it away. You know, this is why we don't have casual sex or we don't just lose our virginity with some guy in the backseat of a Chevrolet, you know, on a Friday night when we're 15, you know, that there is this whole component that beautifully works in a committed marriage, but doesn't outside of it. Right there, we're communicating, hey, there's a reason to hold on to this. And it isn't just because, Mm -hmm. you know, that you have a ring on your finger that you were given and you're going to be defiled if you do otherwise. That's exactly right. And I, you know, I've written so much 
much on my blog about why God wants us to wait for marriage for sex. I'm definitely not saying that we that we shouldn't be giving that that message. Of course, He wants us to wait, but the but the the reason is so much deeper. It's so that we can. Yes. Um, it's so that we can experience the emotional intimacy first before we're married, so that then when we do have sex, it means so much more. When you have sex before you're married, you often never get to that deep level of emotional intimacy because your relationship growth stalls at the level that you were emotionally when you started getting physically serious. It's a very interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah, and, so- and I think that's what's not being talked about in this purity culture. That's where when we, we're afraid to have these discussions with our kids and all we do is say, your purpose is for this in marriage, daughter, you know, and your purpose, mm-hmm. son, is this, and, you know, stop, 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 wait, 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 now right. go, then we have missed that whole beautiful conversation. Huge conversation we've left out. Yeah. yeah. And we're also, we're also totally denying and, and making people feel badly for normal sexual feelings. Yeah. Your kids are going to have sexual feelings. And I think to talk to them about how you can handle them, um, you know, one, like figuring out what are your triggers for just feeling frustrated and then let's get over those triggers. You know, like don't watch movies right before you go to bed. Um, mm. Keep yourself as busy as possible. Like there, there is something to that sublimation thing. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term from psychology where you take a deep desire and you transfer it into something else. You transfer that energy into something else. So if you're really sexually frustrated, you go and you volunteer a ton or you start painting or, you know, you start jogging or whatever, but you can transfer that energy, you know, and, and talking about that. But instead, the message that we give is that you should never be feeling those things. And so mm-hmm. that's why you're not allowed to hold hands. You're not allowed to hug. You're not allowed to do anything which could cause you to feel those things. Cause we all know that the second you kiss someone, you're going to end up in bed. Right. And it's oh, yeah. just not true. And, um, I think there's just been a lot of really negative teaching, which has come out of this sort of like the Duggar idea where, you know, you can't, you can't hold hands or you can't kiss until, uh, your wedding day. Um, and that's done a lot of harm to a lot of people. Yeah. So whether it's Duggars, uh, the Pearls, or our other good friend um, Josh Harris, that that have been saying, "I'm not oh, trying. Let, we're not let trying me to." Say something about Josh. Let me say something about Josh. He is amazing. He is totally reconsidering. Do you know that? Yes. Yeah. Well, and actually, we've we've attempted to get him on our show because we wanted to talk to him about it, but. I think when they saw the word homeschooling, they immediately were like, no, these guys aren't going to want to, you know, we, I want to have <laughs> yeah. a totally favorable conversation with him. So if there's any, one of our listeners that can communicate that to Josh for us. <laughs> yeah, I we, don't think he's really, I don't think he's really going too public with it yet. I think he's getting ready to write something and he's just waiting. Yeah. And I, but mm. I just so respect that man. I so respect him because he's saying, like, I read a quote from what if the most important thing in your life was wrong? Right. Right. And I've been following it closely. And and that's what I was going to say is whether it's any of these, I'm not, our goal on this episode is not to just put pinholes in all these people, but these are the people that, that they're, you're listening to. These are the ones that parents are making firm, ironclad parenting Mm -hmm. decisions because of, and Mm -hmm. any of these, and, and again, just to come back to the Duggars, um, you're right. You know, they're teaching, or at least people are pulling out behaviors and taking it to an extreme that's causing huge damage. Like, I've never kissed before marriage. Great. Bully for you. I just talked to a friend who that was the whole center of their marriage ceremony. They lifted up these two kids. And I thought Uh-oh. to myself, you know what you just did? You lifted up behavior. And you have 
elevated behavior yeah. Yeah. to the level of, hey, everybody watching, if you behave this way too, you'll be right in God's eyes. You know what I want to lift up? I want to lift up Jesus, and I want to remind people that you are so deeply loved by God, so mm-hmm. deeply loved, mm-hmm. that you don't need to run to whatever it is, this behavior of not kissing, um, yeah. jumping in the back seat of the car, um, fondling to the line, you know, that magic line that we all tried to figure out in our high school <laughs> youth group. You know, what's that line? Yeah. You know what? Just live as loved and know that God loves you so incredibly much. That that doesn't yeah. need to be the focus. And then when you get married, you're going to know how much God loves you in so many more ways. I mean, I don't know. I just – way better than than creating these silly behaviors and silly ceremonies. How yeah, about- and, <laughs> and, and you, know, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with waiting for your marriage to kiss if that's what you personally feel called to, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. But – as a parent, we should never be holding that up to our children as the ideal behavior. That's something that they need to make a decision for themselves. And psychology has found something really interesting. My daughter has just, she's 21, and she's just written a book for Thomas Nelson that'll be out soon on why she didn't rebel. And she was looking into some of the studies on um, what makes kids stay in the faith. And one thing that she found, and one thing that a lot of psychology studies have found, is that all or nothing thinking (laughs) tends to lead to undesirable behaviors. And here's what I mean by that. And all or nothing thinking is, is saying that if I do this, then I have already lost the game. So if I kiss, I have basically had sex. Because that's the way it's presented, right? <laughs> like kissing before you're married is a sin. I had sex when I was and seven so, then, just so everybody knows. I'm just going to say, yeah. if that's the rule, <laughs> I lost my virginity at age seven with a girl named Karen in her parents' closet. Oh, well, I was five on the school bus with the boy. Oh, my so, goodness. You know, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Sheila. That's the snarky part of homeschooling in real life that comes uh, out. That's good. No, I like snark. But, you know, and, and this area needs some snark because we need to start realizing how ridiculous it is. But, you know, when kids grow up thinking, well, if I've kissed, I've, I've, I've blown it. You know, I was supposed to wait for my wedding day and I didn't. Well, then there's no reason to wait for anything anymore. And so if you raise your 16 year old to think I can't kiss until I'm married and then she does, she is now far more likely to go and have sex than if if you raise your 16 year old to just want to follow Jesus and love Jesus. And then she kisses a guy, realizes that they're not going to get married. He's just not right for her. She walks away from that relationship and she's fine. Right. Because she never believed that kissing was a huge sin, mm-hmm. you know? Now, I raised my kids not to date young, all right? And my absolutely beautiful daughter who is 19 and gorgeous and has a big YouTube channel, and, you know, she's never been in a relationship. She has a whole series on YouTube called Katie, the Relationship Guru, who has never been in a relationship before, <laughs> okay? So, so I am not saying, you know, that, that I raised my kids to kiss or to date. I, I really didn't. But I raise them to make their own decisions and to choose wisely and not ever to think that their purity is based on what they do. Our purity is not based on what we do with our bodies. Our purity is based on what Jesus did with his. And as soon as we get our eyes off of that, we lose the whole point. Amen. Yep. That's good stuff right there. I don't think we need to say anything else. No. I I actually was thinking about this whole um, how we tell our kids this over and over again. And, and so now you've got these young adults, maybe these uh, second generation homeschooling parents who feel like they are still trying to undo the damage that was done. What, what can you say to that couple that is really struggling right now, Sheila? I think 
we just need to fall in love with Jesus and realize how passionate God is. I think that we have turned passion into a negative thing because we're trying to so tightly control all of our behavior and we're doing everything out of obligation, right? So we don't have sex before we're married because that's what we're supposed to do. When we are married, we do have sex because that's what we're supposed to do. And we do everything because we're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're missing out on passion. And God is such a passionate God. And if we aren't feeling passion in our sexual side of our marriage, it's quite likely that we aren't feeling passion in the spiritual side of our lives because the two are so closely linked. Our spiritual and our sexual sides are so closely linked. That's the way God designed us. So I would just tell you, you know, if you are if you are having a really hard time with sex, I've got a lot of resources on how you can get more in touch with your sex life. Um, I've written The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex, which will help you see sex in a different way. I've got the 31 Days to Great Sex Challenge you can do with your husband, and you can find all of those at my blog at tolovehonorandvacuum.com. But honestly, sometimes I think we just need to start taking a look at how passionate God is. And if we can get a glimpse of how big God is and how much he loves us and how much he rejoices in us, I think it will free us up to just be who we were created to be. Well, Sheila, we want to thank you again for being on Homeschooling in Real Life. It is always a pleasure to have you here. Folks, if you have not gone over to her blog yet, she just gave you the address. We'll put it in our show notes. You need to head on over, follow her on Facebook, on social media. Um, this is an encouraging uh, place on the internet, and we all know that the internet needs way more encouraging places. <laughs> so if you are uh, in a marriage that's struggling in this, I mean, if we've used words like sexual dysfunction and breakdown and confusion, if you are raising kids and wondering, oh, Fletch and Kendra, you just opened a whole can of worms, then <laughs> that's good. Let's open that can of worms together and let's keep talking about it. But head on over to see her stuff over there and, and just check in. Let her know you heard her on Homeschooling in Real Life. Sheila, thanks so much for being with us. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. And I hope that, that you all feel encouraged and not all discouraged because there's even more I'm not doing right. That's not the point. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can fly. God made you to fly and you really can All right, Kendra, so purity culture, uh, more harm or good? Hmm. I think in so many ways it's been more harmful. Um, But I want to throw this out there to those of you who were raised with that and it worked well for you. Because I do know those couples um, saved themselves from marriage, saved their first kiss, didn't touch, uh, dated with a sibling between them on the couch, (laughs) you know, all those things. Um, And we're not making fun. You know, that, that is definitely... Uh, an option. Um, but I think we do agree with Sheila when she says it really needs to be a heart option from the couple themselves. And I think that that's an important thing we didn't really delve into. Um, but you know, if you are having these conversations with your kids, like we've talked about with Barrett and Jennifer Johnson, it's a series of talks that belong or that begin very, very early so that you, you have this open communication always and, and that they can, they know their safety. They know you're not going to jump down your, their throats if they come to you with something that's so off the wall, believe us, we've had some off the wall stuff, you know, where they, they, we've had people say, or children say, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think an open marriage is a bad idea. <laughs> like, 
all of a sudden we're like, what? Yeah, and right. so, you know, oh, well, let's have that conversation. Where are you hearing this and what in the world? And so, but don't be afraid and don't, you know, don't think, oh my goodness, my child has lost their salvation because they're asking me if homosexuality is okay, you know, yeah. or any of those things. Have those conversations. Let's let's walk this path together really should be the attitude um, with our kids so that then when you come to the, the point where they are seriously interested in dating, courting, whatever you want to call it, one person, you can say, all right, let's walk through that. And if they say, you know, we've decided we want to save our first kiss for a wedding day, then be all in, be their champions, help them out. We, we have this with our son who's getting married in December, who said, you know, they said, we don't want to sleep together before we're married. Um, and so help us do this. And we helped them create some parameters when they were living at home. So when she was in high school. And, yeah, but they came to us and had the conversation. So right. I, I guess what I'm saying is um, I threw that out there and it shouldn't be an either or good or bad. I'm, I'm sorry I did that. That makes it sound like no, 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 you're either I, all in or all out. And no, I, no, no, no. I, I just wanted to go there because I know there are people who are going to listen to this, this episode and protest. But we did it that way and it was great. Yeah. Good. But we we are seeing that you are definitely in the minority. Yeah, and so I, again, you and this shouldn't be listened to alone. This episode, mm-hmm. this is part of an entire suite of episodes where we've talked about sex and marriage. We've talked about talking to your kids about sex. Yes. we've talked to Tom, uh, Thomas Umstead Jr. about um, the dating culture. You know, we we've talked about this so many ways. So please don't come to this one alone and say, "Huh, write you guys off," because that's not our intent. Our intent is to really talk about the purity culture. And of course, we're coming at it with questions and we're poking at it and we're prodding at it because we're on this side of things. Right. As, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian leader in my church. I'm dealing with couples that um, are often in sexual dysfunction, that are often in marriage dysfunction yes, right. because of the purity culture that they were raised in. We're not talking about you success stories. We're talking about the ones that were horrible. Right. Parents didn't know how to do this well. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, it's tied up with everything. I mean, if you didn't know how to talk about sex well with your kids, I mean, there are other huge bomb conversations going off in your in your families right yes. now. You know you have kids, um, some of you have had kids that have, well, they just started sleeping around. They mm-hmm. left the church. You have kids that have walked into homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had kids that approve homosexuality. Like, there are so many bombs going off mm-hmm. because you didn't know how to have good, proper, God-honoring, Jesus-loves-you conversations along the way, Mm -hmm. and all you did was say, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. So maybe... We. 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 We, 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 we. And so... um, That's what we did. Yeah. So let's let's go into this conversation knowing that that's our heart. We just want to talk about it. We Mm -hmm. just want to, again, open up a conversation. And this may not be the end. There may be more to say, even yet. But uh, we really want to thank Sheila for coming on. Um, This was kind of her... Her heart was after the last conversation she wanted to come back on. All right, so this might not be the last conversation we have on this topic. Probably not. I have a feeling you might want to write in and tell us kind of what you think. And um, we don't want to be a clearinghouse of good and bad stories, but we do want to continue the conversation and help you process through some questions you might have. So feel free to email us, um, message us, all these ways. There's one easy way to find us. And go to homeschoolingirl.com. You'll get our email. You'll get our uh, Facebook, our Twitter, everything. All of our social media is wrapped up right there. You can contact us through that site. I'm just going to make it easy for you this week. That's how to reach us. Let's keep talking about this. Now, one of the ways we keep homeschooling in real life alive, one of the ways you can go to an actual website and for us to produce a podcast 
is through sponsors and through advertising. And our main sponsor is Caroline's Coffee. You can find them at carolinescoffee.com. Yes, and you can use our special code, Fletch, because they all have been asking us what you are drinking. So tell me what you're drinking so they can go take their code, H-I-R-L, save 10% and drink what you drink. Um, This week I'm drinking Mexico Altura Finca San Carlos. Um, Finca, you know what that means? No. Farm. Farm. Yeah. This is a Mexican coffee. It comes from southern Mexico. Uh, Giant beans in Mm. this coffee. But I always get my beans um, fresh so I can grind them myself. And my spherical conical grinder, you, that doesn't mean anything to you, does nope, it? Not yeah. a thing. So it doesn't heat the beans up, doesn't <laughs> cook them when you're grinding. And I get a nice fresh cup of Caroline's coffee. Let me tell you, Trace Fike does a great job for me. They always package up medium roast coffee. So when you call in or when you email and say, hey, Fletch, what should I send my son, my daughter, my mother, my father? I'll always recommend two or three beans, and I always recommend you get whole beans and let people grind them themselves because that's the freshest way to get coffee. So you need to head over there as our listener, carolinescoffee.com. Like Kendra said, use our code HIRL, get 10% off. By doing that, you show our sponsors that they should continue sponsoring us, and that helps us keep this on the air for you. Thank you so much for doing that. Fletch, do we have any letters from listeners this week? We do. One of our favorite listeners, Jason, uh, he writes it often. Uh, yes, so I know he, he listens and then he responds to what we write. Thank we you, love Jason. That. Yeah. Uh, we love it. Um, he wrote in, he sent us a link in St. Louis, Missouri, where he lives, um, to a link of in his town, they have a homeschooling resource right in his town. Wow. So if you go on the, the town documents or the town website for uh-huh. St. Louis and you look up homeschooling, they give you information right there. Wow. And so it's linked to their city. Yeah. Their so wow. I told him I'd, I'd mention that for our listeners, just in case your city does it. I checked our city. There's nothing like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like you're doing what? Which is funny. <laughs> no, we are a huge homeschool yeah. bubble here. So come on. You yeah. Know, but it is but it is pretty cool though. His city, again, if you look up St. Louis homeschooling, you'll see this whole list of like yeah, resources on, and how it. to do it. That's great. And the proper resources and channels to go through. So Jason... Uh, thanks for sending that in. Um, not that we have a lot of St. Louis listeners, but we do have a lot of people that are, are always asking, how do I do this where I live? Hey, start with the obvious. Go to your city. See if they have any help with you. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Also, we had two reviews in from iTunes. I thought I'd read those for you. Um, the first one comes from My Young Grasshopper. I listen to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast every time I'm in my car. I've laughed and cried with Fletch and Kendra. As a single mom of an autistic teenage son, I've had some stressful days. And listening to this podcast gives me a great look into topics I would not have thought about. Most importantly, they remind me to go back to the gospel. Thank you so much for making such a difference in my life. Hey, you are welcome, young grasshopper. I'm glad that from everything you've listened to, you know we're going to push you back to the gospel. Um, Secondly, we got one from Eat, Sleep, Sleep and Run. Um, The title was Encouraging, Helpful, Hilarious. This listener says, I was raised homeschooled and decided with my husband to homeschool our kids, and while most of it feels second nature to me, I don't know any different, so much of it is hard and can be discouraging and often leaves me feeling like I'm not doing enough or I'm just not enough. This podcast was introduced to me as my oldest enters the sixth grade. I have a fifth grader, a third grader, and a preschooler. Fletch and Kendra have helped me start this year with excitement and also understanding God's grace and tender mercies a little better than before. I don't feel stuck or lost or hopeless and love that they bring a sense of humor to what is often a group of people that makes me scratch my head and wonder what rock they've been living under, a.k.a. homeschoolers. You won't regret listening to this podcast, and it makes you rethink and hopefully be thankful 
for so many of the decisions God has helped you make. Hey, thank you so much, Eat, Sleep, and Run and Young Grasshopper for those two great reviews. Remember, you can head over to iTunes and leave a review for us yourself. We love to hear what you think. The good, the bad, the crazy, the ugly. Um, It's our hope and our desire that on every episode, we're doing just this. We're pushing you to Jesus. We're talking to you about grace. And we're reminding you that homeschooling will not save your kids. You know, have a great week homeschooling, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.